Thank you for joining us on the coaching podcast. As part of the Sin Network, we are passionate about equipping church planters to live out the call God has placed on their lives. Join us as we talk through healthy coaching practices and why every church planter needs one. Here's your host, Dino Sinesi. Welcome to the Sin Network Coaching Podcast. Uh, my name is Dino Sinesi, and I'm the Director of Coaching for the Sin Network. And today, uh, we have a podcast featuring my co-host, uh, Kathy Litton. Kathy is a, is an advocate for church planter wives and is doing an incredible job throughout North America. Kathy, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Dino. And uh, I'm not going to ask you about Lower Alabama this time because no. I, I don't want you to see that as kind of a complicit of some sort. And so, uh, but uh, I do want to ask you, what's the latest and the greatest in, in your world? What's working well or what, you, or what are you the most excited about in working with church planter wives? Well, we've identified in each of our sin cities and some of our bigger ones, more than one, a woman that we are calling a spouse care advocate. And she has stepped up to the plate to provide care and support for our planners' wives. And this is just a new initiative, and we have a lot of room to grow, and we expect great things from those women. And we've had so much traction just in the last five months of women reaching out to planters and developing relationships. And we hope to walk across that bridge of these relationships and deliver more care and support to them along the way. Well, in in the sin cities that I go to, uh, Kathy, uh, I'm hearing the stories about how God's using you and using uh, planter or wives. They, uh, there's really a great great ministry out there. You've got the blue ocean to work with, and so I really appreciate uh, what you're doing. And we had a couple of your advocates on a coaching roundtable this morning, and so I was in, encouraged by them. No, there's some there's some women out there that are really making uh, inroads with uh, the wives in their cities. And even after we talked today, I talked to Lori in Chicago and just things that are going on there that are super encouraging. Yes, very good. And today, our special guest from across the ocean uh, <laughs> is Kathy Hurd, and she is the pl- uh, director of Wives Coaching for Geneva Push. Geneva Push is a church planting uh, organization, a networking organization that assesses and trains and, and coaches in Australia. And so, uh, Kathy, welcome. Thank you very much. What is your impression of the United States right now on this trip? Based uh, on this trip? Uh, see, that's a hard question because I landed at um, the airport and I went to a hotel near the airport and I've stayed there ever since. So <laughs> it looks like any airport. <laughs> and, and any hotel room. I'm hoping to see something on Saturday on my day off. <laughs> now you know what it's like to be involved in the SIN Network yeah. sometimes, right, Kathy Litton? Well, that's true. But, Kathy, let me ask you, how do you feel about the traffic in Atlanta? Um, well, we left at 6 this morning and there was not much. Okay, well that's good. You'll get a you'll get a different viewpoint of that before you're gone. <laughs> okay. <I'm sure. laughs> so, so in a previous podcast, we talked uh, more about uh, Kathy Hurd's journey in Australia. Uh, Andrew, her husband, is a church planter. She is a church planter, uh, was a church planter in Australia, and so, but she's also working with a church planter wives coaching. We want to take a deeper dive in this podcast and really try to paint a picture for our coaches that are listening. What does it really look like? How does church uh, planting wives coaching look different than maybe the coaching that 
her husband's receiving, uh, going through the planting process. So that's where we're going to jump off. Kathy Litton is going to help me. And so I want to start out by, uh, Kathy Hurd, by asking you uh, what is going really well for you in Church Planner Wives Coaching now? Um, so to answer that, it, my answer will have a mixture of what's going well and what's not. I find it quite a daunting task. So I started three mm-hmm. years ago and um, had watched someone train coaches and then just on the back of that tried to start myself training coaches. And I think it's going well in that we now, three years down, have 17 coaches and we have 23 wives being coached, so some of us double up. Um And that's about a third of the total number in our network that have started new plants. So about a third have taken up coaching. So you can see that as good. But I I do feel overwhelmed by that. There's just a lot to do to learn, a lot to learn. Um, So I would say in one hand, it's it's going well. On the other hand, there's just a lot to learn with how you train coaches, how you keep upskilling them, um, connecting wives to the coaches. Yeah, there's a lot to do. We're learning. And rather than to ask you, and we can talk a little bit about philosophy of coaching, definition of coaching, and, and we may get into that mm. if we have time, but it would help us most to ask, what does a typical coaching conversation between a coach and a planting wife look like? You're doing that kind of coaching yes. as well as developing yes. that type of coaching. So what would be a typical coaching yes, that's, conversation? that's a good, and, and coaching is an unfamiliar word. And so one of the things, uh, one of our challenges has been to try and explain to the wives what coaching looks like. And uh, uh, I guess almost uh, try and show them why it's uh, not a necessary but a helpful thing to have in their lives when they're so busy already. Um, And and one of the things that I think coaching is that it brings is that art of asking very good questions to help someone uh, process for themselves what's going on and ask the questions within a gospel framework so they're helped always to think about what God wants in this situation, what God wants for me to live out, the kind of purpose that he wants for me, and asking those questions and help them move through the issue until they come to a point where they actually work out their action steps in a very detailed way and something actually happens. So it's in a very intentional kind of uh, conversation. Uh so I forgot the question, but that's what coaching looks like. And they might sign up for about two years to something like that. It's a once a month um, conversation, maybe for an hour, maybe for an hour and a half. And, and there's an end time, you know, maybe two or three years in, there's kind of a bit of a closure and and that relationship has sort of done its day. Hmm. And of course, because you're in Australia, uh, these are normally not face-to-face meetings, correct? Yes, that's right. We have to use Skype or the phone or Zoom or Google Hangout, all these kind of, which is great. These are available to us. Um, That's because you're so spread apart and you can't, you can't do face-to-face or is that the preferred method? Oh, it's definitely not the preferred method. Don't women just love to sit together and see each other. And I think, you know, I think one of the obstacles to picking up coaching is the thought that I have to fiddle with my computer and do something on computer. It just doesn't feel relational enough. So I think that's a bit of a hurdle that we have to get over. So it may be the same in your country because you've got a big country too. I'm not sure. But yeah, we'll have people uh, who are allocated to a planter wife who who live uh, 4,000 miles away from them. Uh And and so this is a necessary thing um, to use these things. Yes. Well, and we're pretty prescriptive in our cities because we've seen, and this has been statistically proven, that 
coaching, the effectiveness goes up based on how often you meet mm. and then mm. also based on how many times you meet. Mm. So whether you're traveling an hour or two hours in traffic in Denver, Colorado, or whether you're traveling 4,000 miles in Australia, which is out of the question, you'll get more done over a tight season of time by adjusting. It was a big adjustment. Kathy, my first coach lived in Los Angeles and I lived in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, we oh. didn't have a lot of face-to-face -face meetings. We had none. He coached oh. me for probably a year before I ever met him. But it did give that intentional layer onto it. Like, this is not a hangout time. Uh -huh. uh, you know, one, uh, one thing our coach developers will say is, I'm trying to help my coaches in my city, but all they want to do is hang out. Uh, well, if we go to a coffee, if you take me to a coffee shop, guess what? We're going to hang out. We're going to talk about mm -hmm. everything under the sun, and we're going to go, oh, wait, we're meeting for coaching. Let's do coaching. So so there is an advantage, but I do confess it's an adjustment to be able to walk across that bridge and say, it's okay that we're meeting by Skype. It's a different kind of relationship. So, mm -hmm. uh, so Kathy, what are your thoughts? Heard. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we're both called Kathy. It's tricky. Yeah. I, I, I found um, once we did our first session, so I tend to use Skype. Once, once I did the first one or two with the person I was coaching, it suddenly felt natural. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's awkward to start with and, and you don't like, I think, I think Skype makes you look really ugly. I feel I have more wrinkles <laughs> and I find myself looking at the little photo of me in the top right-hand corner and adjusting my hair and... And trying to Me move too. the lamp closer because the light is so awful. So that's quite a hurdle. But once I get past that and I'm looking at her face and not my own, we're away. And I'm concentrating yeah. on what she's saying. I'm concentrating on what's going on. And you can. And, and I think the body language is helpful, which is why I think the phone is not as good. I think seeing seeing her um, helps uh, inform your coaching as well. Well, I'll tell you what, I do a lot of Zoom meetings during nap times for women. So, you know, you have that issue, their lack of reception at a time, and, and especially when you have children, and it's very hard. So it's almost a necessary evil. So, Well, and let me transition to this question, too. So, so we're getting a picture of what this looks like, and we're getting a, at least a quick picture of outcomes. You talked about action, uh, coaching starting broad and, and ending in action. So what is your biggest challenge in developing coaches then? Because obviously you have many more co uh, needs than you have the capacity for yourself to coach. Oh, yes. Um, one of the uh, things uh, is with a young movement, you have a smaller pool of experienced church planter wives to draw on who can then be the coaches for the new planter wives coming through. So I've really hit this hurdle just recently and I've realized I need to go broader. I need to actually look at mature, godly ministry wives, I think is still a good field to be looking at uh -huh. because they, they understand what it is to be in full-time ministry, married to the pastor. So that's still where I'm looking. But I, I need to broaden the field into that area. And, and one of the things that's difficult is I don't know everyone. And so I need to try and find the point person in each state. So we have six states, point person in each state who I can talk to, who will actually know a wide variety of people that I could then invite. And then the next hurdle is they don't know what coaching is. They may not even have heard of Geneva Network. So there's a I, there's a need now for an orientation where I can uh, explain what coaching is, perhaps demonstrate it. I think that's the best thing is to see a coaching session in action 
you can you can then see the value of it and then invite them to a training if they would like to take it up and there's still a need to kind of screen because in that room that uh, that's s c r e e n not scream um <laughs> i don't know everyone in the room the first group i knew them personally i knew they were good i knew they would have the same dna that we were wanting of the gospel convictions if i broaden it that's going to be harder to keep that um that knowledge of people so so i think i'm realizing i need some more filters to help me um in that yeah kathy litton what are your thoughts well, I, that's a really good word, Kathy, uh, just to broaden that field. And, and yes, I do believe there's some women out of more traditional church context that can add a lot of value. And mm. many of the issues that a planter face don't just revolve around her unique context. We both know that. There are many that are have to do with her spiritual maturity and her marriage and other leadership issues that someone else can help her with. And I do think tapping into those women um, that, you know, aren't exclusively from a church planning context is a really good key. And I think at NAM we need to consider that as options for ourselves, Dina. Mm -hmm. Yes, and in, in, in the Cypress Project in South Carolina, we were able to find coaching wives uh, who, could, who could coach, who were from uh, sponsoring churches, mother churches, sending mm -hmm. churches. Uh, uh, there's, there's a lot of places out there for them. And it really was some of the most fruitful coaching we had. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I think, I think because of the model, the way the model works, you don't have to be the expert in the thing you're coaching the person mm -hmm. in. So that That's... frees us to be finding just mature, godly. What we do want though, is that they are also driven by the same convictions and that they are pouring themselves out to serve the Lord. So they get that and they want to help the planter wife do the same. That's more what you're looking for in a person. You know what? That is a great key for us, what you just said, that they're driven by the same conviction. And I love that you said that. That's going to be helpful to me in the future. Well, and we think that's critical for a church planter coach as well. When they see the 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 har they see the harvest the same way, they have the same conviction mm -hmm. about engaging the harvest. Uh, that that ties them together. I've found that sometimes it helps if someone is not experienced in what the person they're coaching is doing, so they're less inclined to try mm -hmm. to fix, train, teach, mm -hmm. mentor. They are able to stay in a clear coaching lane in a coaching system that has multiple voices that are very strong, experienced mm -hmm. voices speaking in voices, training voices, teaching voices, to put a coach in as another one of those creates a lot of redundancy that drives the planter crazy. And it would be the same thing with a planting wife. Here's another advisor for me, a wise person who's going to tell me how to live versus someone who's going to give me a safe space to reflect. Kathy, I'm going to set you up. Kathy Litton, I'm going to set you up because Kathy Hurd is literally going to be getting on a plane in a few days. You have one more question for her. You have to think of it, uh, but uh, uh, because it'll be your last one. And so, but when you think about coaches, uh, Kathy Hurd, if you were going to give them one piece of advice, this is my this one thing I want to tell you that will help you become a better coach, uh, go. Don't make assumptions, ask questions. Ah, very. Only allowed one. That was it. That was good. Well, I might have to. That was so good. I may make you do another one in a minute. But Kathy Litton, this is your shot. Your last question for Kathy Hurd. What is the primary way you see planters' wives strengthened in coaching? Oh, that's such a good question. I because because we've got coaches that are have strong gospel convictions. I feel I feel we can trust that. Um, 
whatever the issue is that the wife has brought, they're going to be shaped to think about it in a, in a way that is within God's purposes for his world, to bring all things under Christ and for their part in it. Um, and, and so I see this happening over and over again. I see the wives, uh, so we've had our first sort of graduates, uh, the first one who's done three years of coaching and we've got two that are, are going to graduate in the next month or so. Um, see them being uh, strengthened in their resolve to, to partner their husbands in the churches that they've started. And I see them um, thinking carefully about where they can um, play a part in that, not not um, where where they're best suited, and and throwing themselves into doing that, as well as doing things they're not suited in, just because it's needed at the time, and doing it willingly, and and just constantly being being willing to grow and learn, and fail and pick themselves up and grow and learn, and, and not not sort of be in despair over things, mm-hmm. strengthened in that whole pathway of what it means to be mm-hmm. a planter wife. I guess that's all mm-hmm. it is, isn't it? That's what it means to be a planter wife, to do all those yeah. things. And they're strengthened in that. And you can see that their resolution to stick at this and, and not give up. Some beautiful yeah. stories actually of women you know, going sometimes, I, you know, who am I in this? What's my role? I, I, these are big questions. And so to be helped to think that through carefully so they come out the other end going, I know what I am in this. I, I know the part I can play and I know it's valuable. What I'm doing is valuable and I'm not going to run away and do something else. I'm going to stay here and keep doing it. Yeah. Wow. Great, great word. Uh, this has been gold. I wish we could do four or five podcasts, but uh, hopefully this is going to be life-giving. If you're listening and you may be a coach, uh, you, you may be coaching a church planter and you say, Man, my wife would make an incredible coach for a church uh, planting wife. Uh, reach out. Uh, follow up with your Sin City missionary if you're in one of our 32 Sin Cities. Uh, if not, I bet you're near a church planter catalyst or someone, uh, a state convention, a leader, a, an associational leader that could help you get to the next place. And if you want to learn more about what Kathy Hurd does through Geneva Push, you can go to their website, Google it. It'll come up first thing. I promise you I've done it many times. Uh, or we'll put the link in the show notes, uh, but uh, we'll get that to you as well as other resources that may help you as a coach. Kathy Litton, you've been an incredible co-host on the podcast. We're going to offer you a permanent position as the Church Planter Coaching Podcast co-host. <laughs> Well, make me an offer, Dino, and I'll consider that. Starbucks card. Okay, so wow. all, all done, signed and sealed. So, uh, Kathy Hurd, thank you so much. You're gracious. You've been a gift from God to us uh, yes, the, during these two meetings, and uh, we have learned a lot, and, and we're we're excited. We've gotten some clarity and vision, and we've had some of the right people at the table. So thank, thank you. you, and hope you have fun in the States. I've loved doing this. I've loved doing this. Thank you, Dino. Yes, yes. And until next time, uh, keep coaching. You have been listening to The Coaching Podcast, a resource of the North American Mission Board. Are you a church planner in need of a coach? Visit namb.net slash coaching to learn more.